0: I was supposed to stick to one side, and that's it. But I felt like I had time, so I just came back and touched on, it and it
1: worked. All right. This is the GameCoxCoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GameCoxCoop.com on rivals. Uh, I'm Caleb, joined by Pauline and Alan to talk a little bit of South Carolina and Furman. And that was North Sellers last night post uh, talking about his 50-ish yard uh touchdown pass to tyshawn Ty russell um in which he kind of went off script a little bit and through what i can only call an nfl quality throw um really two uh, both of the touchdown passes do that's not where sort of nfl quality throws the other back shoulder pass uh to get nicholas harper his first touchdown uh of his game pop career as well um and i thought we'd start there like Obviously, we can get into the the nitty gritty of um, the game. South started off a little slow, uh, probably, you know, lost the first quarter, first quarter and a half or so, but then dominated from that point forward. Um, a lot of that due to Spencer Rattler's near perfect night. Um, but let's talk about the freshman a little bit. So in the second half, um, really about halfway through the third quarter. Um, South Carolina started rotating different guys in. We saw five different quarterbacks last night, including Lenore Sellers, who got two drives oh. that ended in two touchdowns. Um, we saw DJ Braswell. We saw Tyshon Russell and Nicholas Harbour, both with touchdown passes. Um, we saw Desmond Miozuli. We saw a lot of Pub Howard. We saw a lot of these names that we've been talking about. We saw uh,
0: Tree Babalade. And- and I was going to say, those are the two that played before garbage time. Well, not garbage time, but those two played in the first half. Yeah, they both got two series in the second quarter that I and I
1: thought they both looked pretty pretty good. We can talk a little bit about um, some of the false starts and holding penalties. Um, all six penalties on the offense last night were uh, on the offensive line. But um, yeah, where, where do we want to start, Paulie? Uh, how did what was the what were the vibes like in that second half while uh, South Carolina was on their five straight touchdown drives or, or whatever it was at that point?
2: Well, whatever Shane said in the locker room during halftime definitely flipped a switch in their brain. But um, they kind of – they were playing a little bit of messy football in the beginning. But once they got their groove back, um, they were able to put players like Lenores in. And I personally am a big Lenores fan. I think he deserved to be out there tonight to, like, kind of prove everybody wrong. He kind of stated why he deserves to, you know – be one of the better quarterbacks on our team. And that was one of my favorite uh, to see. And then Nick Harper, obviously, too. Everybody's been waiting for him to play. And then, of course, he comes out and scores a touchdown, and everyone's like, these freshmen are going crazy out here. And I loved loved seeing all of that.
1: I definitely think that that kept the crowd engaged a little bit later than you normally would in a game like this, too. Um, Because around the third quarter, stuff kind of gets up by – 20 some odd, I think it was 28 yeah. at, 27 at that point. Um, and you started rotating those guys in, and I, I didn't, at least on TV, I didn't notice a huge swap of people leaving, uh, until you know, the last couple of drives in the fourth quarter. Um,
2: so I think they wanted really, to see who was gonna come out next. Yeah, That's kind really of
1: how happened. I felt, honestly.
2: Yeah. Was,
0: too. Looking oh, at yeah, the I was supposed to be, chart.
1: yeah, I was definitely supposed to be riding, uh, then and I delayed a little bit because I was just so into what was happening on this those few drives there. What about you, Alan? What did you notice from the freshman last night?
0: Uh we didn't even mention Jalen Kilgore, by the way, who started the game as a true freshman and I thought played really well. Uh, Judge Collier, another one who played in the first half. Um I'm just looking at this chart now. Zabari Sandy played a little bit last night. Fukari Swain got in the game last night. And not just on special teams, they played snaps. Like that's I'm just gonna that's what it's supposed to look like when you put your freshman in the game, there's energy, there's excitement, there's flashing, I guess kind of why you recruited those guys. Right. Um, that's just what you want it to look like. And they don't look, it's Furman. I'm not going to act like they're going to go to Athens next week and score 50 points, but that's what it's, that's the moment. didn't look too big for those guys. Um, I think, yeah, you've got right to be excited about them, especially Lenoris. I mean, that. Uh, I mean, the throw to Russell, that good grief, man, that's you said it's an NFL throw. That's I don't that's as good as any throw Spencer made last night. And I thought that was probably the best game Spencer's played as a college quarterback. Yeah, we haven't
1: even really gotten too deeply into that um, since yeah. Rattler had a 93 percent completion <laughs> percentage last night. Um, that's the best by a Gamecock quarterback since Connor Shaw went 20. 20- he was a celebrity 21. starter last night, by the way. Celebrity started last night, yeah. Um, but yeah, Connor Shaw in 20 of 21 versus Mizzou back in 2012. Um, and yeah, Rattler nearly matched it. I mean, really had more attempts, obviously, than even that night. Um, I thought the offensive line looked pretty good as far as protection goes. Uh, again, all of these everything that we're saying here should be the obvious caveat that you're playing an FCS team. But like we were talking about all week, this is not SE State, who won three games last year. This is not uh, Northern Illinois, or Eastern Northern Illinois, uh, who won one game in 2021. Um, this is a Furman team that was ranked number six in the FCS rankings. Um, they're a dangerous team. You saw in the first half that they yeah. could be uh, sort of dangerous. And I think South Ghana settled in, imposed their will, um, and had some fun last night, which – uh, was sorely needed after after I guess the disappointment of week
0: one. All right, I'm going to ask Pauline the question that I I asked Shane. He said he didn't see it, but it's not that surprising because he's a head coach. There's a million things going on. Debo Williams said it did happen, and I know it did because I got someone sent me a picture after Furman goes up 14-7. Boogie Huntley is on the sideline, pretty much yelling at the defense to, for lack of a better term, get it together. Were you close? Yes. to Yeah.
2: Yeah, so um, he was getting a little fed up on the side. Yeah, I think it was, it was because like. of the the younger uh, rookies uh, taking place. I mean, he had to two straight, it but but not him. two
0: straight. It was two out of three Furman touchdown drives, and that's when I think Boogie kind of snapped.
2: Yeah, he was over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, no, I. It's it's
1: interesting. You so. to that though.
2: I was okay. over on the sideline, but yeah.
1: Um, definitely going to need some, some, some veteran players on this defense to step, step up. Um, sounds like Boogie Huntley took that row role, role last night. Um, we talked about how Nick him had kind of stepped up as an emotional leader. And then, you know, obviously he's injured right now. We talked about Mokaba being one of the most veteran presences on this defense and he's been hurt. Um, so yeah, I, it's kind of good to see some other guys step up and, and um, be that emotional leader after, um, I mean, really, even before that, Furman had one trick play that was a halfback pass um, that led to their first touchdown. Then they had one legitimate touchdown drive. Um, It was a 68-yard touchdown drive,
0: 11 plays.
1: Yeah, 11 plays, 66 yards, took up 12 minutes. Um, That was definitely their best drive of the night. And then after that, you saw punt, 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 half, punt, 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 interception, turnover on downs. Oh,
0: Xavier um, McLeod, another frustrated, you yeah. mentioned had an interception. I was gonna,
2: I was gonna say he was another person that um, definitely uh, took center stage last night.
0: Yeah, that's
1: and that's uh, gonna be key um, as that defensive line, which is strong in the interior, um, but obviously can always use more bodies to be rotating in there. Um, apparently, Xavier McLeod called his shot on that earlier. In he the did day. say. <laughs>
0: T.J. Sanders um, said that he said at breakfast he'd get an interception.
1: Yeah, so that that's that's fun. Like <laughs> I, I, I said, cool. a lot a lot of fun to go around last night. Um, if we're getting into the actual details of the game, um, I do think that that was pretty key. After Boogie Huntley made that uh, impassioned speech, the defense really locked things down. And then, if you want to really point out the key turning point for the offense, uh, you score a touchdown with 43 seconds left before the half. Uh, defense forces a three and a half three and out. Um, Shane Beamer and the staff smartly. Uh, use their timeouts there to get the ball back with 23 seconds left, yeah, 23. I believe. Um, and then you go on a three-play 75-yard drive in 20 seconds. Uh, that ends in a mega-Blake touchdown. And that felt, kind of felt like the dagger. Um, I know Pauline yeah. said that uh, whatever Beamer said at halftime may have uh, been motivating. I think also just that, that exchange right before the half uh, gives you a lot of confidence as you come back out of the half
2: me and a lot of other uh, photographers like from WLTX and other places. We left right before the crowd like would come in for halftime. And we left with, I think maybe 47 seconds on the clock. After and the,
0: touchdown. Yeah, the first touchdown.
2: And so we were like, all right, this is good timing. We go, and then all of a sudden we're we're like hearing roaring outside of the stadium or in from inside and we're like what did we, what what just happened like what could we have missed with whatever left on the clock and all the other progress like Do you see that? Like, we're like no. but yeah no that was it was crazy that they were able to pull another one out within um the 23 seconds they had left on the clock
0: i have so much credit to go around there um First of all, you got to credit your defense for getting a stop that quick. Um, I'm pulling up the sequence now because I think it was a third and short where you actually get the stop. Yeah, I mean, it was a third and two. You get a third and two stop. So that's that's that's, that it's not possible without that. Credit the defense there. Credit Shane Beamer for the timeout usage. Credit Dallas Logan for pushing the playbook. Credit Spencer Rattler for. A, having clock awareness, and B, making a pretty ridiculous throw on that roll to Leggett. Credit again for getting downfield, getting down. Um, credit Omega Blake for getting to the corner of the end zone there. Again, clock awareness. There was seven seconds on that play, i got to score or not do anything here. You don't have any in-between with no timeouts. That was, I mean, Bieber said that that is going to go on their instructional tapes and kind of run a two-minute drill. That was about as well as you could do that from everybody involved, coaching there. staff. Thirty second defense. drill. <laughs> yeah no really that's you can't do it any better than that yeah. everybody no I, I agree that's
1: just how you would draw it up if, if sure. everything was going to go perfect um speaking of Xavier Leggett let's give him a shout out we haven't yes. talked about him a ton yet um he had another big night um he finished with six catches for 118 yards and a touchdown he at least two, including that touchdown and including that catch on that drive right before the half, um, where Rattler just kind of trusted him, threw it up, and he made the better move on the DB to fight for the ball uh, and win that one-on-one battle. Um, and that's something I, th- I think you've seen as a essential part of his game so far in these first two games this season. Um, I I think it's a mixture of him taking a step forward, Rattler uh, building a rapport with him and trusting him uh, by giving him those sorts of opportunities. And um, Alan, you can give me the exact numbers, but I know that he's already exceeded his yardage total for the last two seasons um, in the first two games of this year. Yep.
0: So through two games this season, I am pulling up the number right now. Xavier Leggett has 296 receiving yards. And the last two years, which he played every game but one, the last two years, he only had 230. So he's already having a career year through two games. Um, we were talking about Juice Wells being the first 1,000-yard receiver since, jeez, um, I don't even know Was it, we talked about preseason. Is it Shy Smith, Farrow Probably Cooper? or Brian or Edwards. Earlier. Anyway, around there. as Napa since 2014, I know that. Leggett's already over a quarter of the way there, two games.
2: Uh, I want to say that, like, to your rapport point, I it's very visible on the field that Spencer has built this relationship with Xavier that, like, he can be throwing these bomb throws into the middle of the field, and he's able to like be confident that Xavier will be there for mm-hmm. like be able to receive the catch. Which I mean, it's very important for a quarterback to have that type of trust within. His wide receivers, and especially um, within the first two games, we're seeing it. So, yeah. and especially with more. Juice
1: Wells still seemingly being hampered, yeah. um, last night he had one catch for five yards. Uh, perhaps he could have uh, played a little bit more, played a bigger role. But I think they they kind of pumped the brakes once the game was in hand with him, uh, let him get a little bit more healthy because he's still been dealing. With what did we ever find out exactly what it was a footed injury of some sort uh, that he suffered in the
0: preseason? Yeah, and then Amari and Marian Brown, the second week in a row, leaves early. Last week it was ribs. This week it's hamstring. We yeah. scored to Shane. Um, he went to the locker room on crutches,
1: so that's definitely something to monitor.
0: He yeah. came out. Um, you're thin at wide receiver, which I guess if you that you're, there's a reason. And by the way, we haven't mentioned Luke Doty yet, who caught his first career touchdown. Um, that gave you the lead midway through the second quarter, or no, no, that yeah. was that was the first touchdown late in the second quarter. net two touchdown sequence Um, you're thin there right now. There's no way around it. But Xavier gets like, covering a lot of holes. Um And you
1: are right to begin with, that was the one that took the lead. Spencer yeah. Rattler rushed in the other one. Um, yeah, I, yeah. This, I feel like this actually transitions pretty well. So every week at the beginning of the week, I do five questions for whatever game week. So five questions for Furman game week. Uh, one of the first questions I asked this week were, what other weapons will emerge on offense? Um, again, we have um, Juice Wells kind of pampered. We've seen as Xavier Leggett stepped up in a big way. That I feel like that's someone that you can sort of depend on. Um, I feel like we got that question answered in a few ways tonight, though. Yeah, I think Luke Doty uh, seems to be a part of the process. Um, we saw Eddie Lewis for the first time after Amari Brown went down. Uh, he was returning punts. He also uh, had six catches, 89 catches. yards. Yeah, uh, so a nice solid game for the Memphis transfer there. Um, we saw a little bit more from De'Kerry and Joyner out of the backfield. Also, he caught four passes for 53 yards out of the backfield. Um, and then, yeah, you did see some flashes from the freshman Tyshawn Russell and Nick Harbour. Oh, and Omega Blake, who uh, scored a, a pretty deep touchdown there right before the half. Um, I don't know how much of Russell or Harbour we will see on a consistent basis, but uh, at this point in the season, um, but it's kind of good to know that you have those guys waiting in the, in the wings as well.
0: I think you're not short of weapons uh, passing the ball. I think we kind of knew that going into this season, and maybe you thought it would look different. Maybe you thought more juice, more A.B., more Trey Knox, who it looks fine. That's another thing I wanted to get to is tight ends, too. One catch for 15 last night. Um, you got weapons. There's no way around it.
2: I think um, – uh, Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I think the weapons, so to speak, are already pre-existing. But, for example, DK Joyner, um, he has always been in the mix, so to speak. But we haven't really seen him pop off until, like, this season. I feel like his confidence level has allowed him to, you know, unlock the secret. They were comfortable balling, throwing I the guess.
0: ball to him last night. Exactly. 53 yards. Yeah.
2: And I think they same with um. I had a I had another player in mind, but I can't think of it at the moment. But the confidence level is, I think, where where that will like happen, where we will be able to have those weapons that we already have. We just need to develop the players a little bit more.
1: Yeah, let's talk running backs here for a second. So and Joyner, a little bit better night last night. Eleven attempts for forty-two yards. Um, all together, you had 11 rushers combined for 108 yards. Um, still not the greatest uh, average yards per carry at 2.8. Yeah. Granted, some of that sacks and stuff. Um, but yeah, DeCarion had 3.8 uh, yards per carry. Mario Anderson, six yeah. rushers, 32 yards, 5.3. Um, to me, he looked like the most natural looking yes. running back last night. Um, I think he probably needs some more uh, run especially in obvious running situations. I do think and Joiner is your best like all-around back, especially if you're going to be using um, backs out of the backfield for, for passing situations and stuff like we saw last night. Um, but I do think, yeah, maybe Mario Anderson is kind of carving out his, his niche there.
0: Yeah, that would be my one like negative from last night. I still am not convinced you can run the ball consistently. I mean, Joiner 11 for 42, but he has a 16-yard run in there, so – Take that one chunk out. And you're at ten for twenty-eight. It's less than three yards a carry. Uh, I'm not trying to throw cold water on it, but like I, I'm still not fully convinced that you can have an effective running game. But also maybe you don't really need it as much with I'll say, <laughs> well, Let's talk about Rattler's first two weeks. He's
1: fifty-five of sixty-six for six hundred ninety-eight passing yards, three touchdowns, and Lord. zero interceptions. Um, if he keeps playing like that, I don't know that you need. it. A ton of a running game, but but obviously, as we saw in week one, um, you have to be able to protect him. You have to be able to take some pressure off. One other, I guess, note on that um, front that I wanted to mention. So you mentioned Trey Knox had one catch for 15 yards. Yeah, uh, was i was I we're going the same place. Had two catches for seven yards, but it did seem like they didn't run as many routes with the tight ends last night. They kind of kept them in uh, in protection, which I mean, it worked. Uh, Rattler did not take any sacks last night um, after taking nine the week before. Granted, again, defensive line for North Carolina is a lot better than the defensive line for Furman, but I I still think just schematically uh, that worked a lot better.
0: There were a lot of times last night where you're in 12 personnel. You've got Simon and Knox on one side of the formation. They're both splitting out pre-snap to the other just to block. um, Chipping, um, I thought Mario Anderson could block a little bit too from the running back spot. You saw a lot of those kind of different things to maybe mitigate the fact that your offensive line is not as talented as most of the defensive lines you're going to face, last night excluded. Um, I think that you're going to have to do that most of the year. And that goes back to the wide receiver point that, if okay, if Trey Knox and Josh Simon have to block, you need someone else to throw the ball to.
1: Definitely. Um, if we go back to the questions from the beginning of the week, we've kind of talked a lot about uh, – the semblance of a running game, we just kind of hit on that. Who is healthy and who can step in? Um, like you said, you saw Kilgore take a little bit of a stinger or, or some sort of – the, the play, he came down grabbing his knee, but yeah, then that replay that didn't scary. look too bad. Um, it, was <laughs> like, it was audible
2: on the field. It was audible. I
1: think he just got scared by whatever <laughs> happened. Maybe something like sort of popped or tweaked or something. Um, because, obviously, he was back in there after, what, one or two series. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that that definitely looks scary. So, Kilgore continued to have a good night. Um, he led the team in tackles last night, uh, going in for him. And Worry. Uh, Pup Howard got a good bit of rotation at linebacker last night. I think that's going to be pretty key going forward. Um, he definitely looks the part. I saw mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more hesitation from him than Debo Williams and blend as far as where – those two guys, as soon as the ball is snapped, it seems like they know where they're going. Um, maybe I think it goes lower. back
2: to the confidence level, though, oh. where like
1: yeah, and that's those something that's going to scary moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's something that's going to improve because that's the same note that I would have given Stone Blanton last year, uh, and he's obviously come. A he's long way.
2: he was somebody the past two games that I have definitely seen become a, a key player on. Uh, in our lineups and he's been doing really well. Yeah.
0: I think you're in depth wise. You're still asking questions, but a linebacker you're in very good shape with Stone and Debo. Um, any I other injury notes
1: from last night, Alan, uh, that Shane Beamer shared after the game?
0: Yeah. So Keenan Nelson Jr. got banged up last night. Um, I am pulling it up now. That was the other one in game, which means you're down to a third string nickel now, because David Spalding didn't play last night either um Keenan Nelson got hurt in the game said upper body beamer said he should be fine going to depth John Darius Morgan who was one of those you know young offensive linemen who got in late he fell on his wrist they're not sure about it and I don't think a lot of people caught this but Bradley Dunn again that's like your fourth or fifth running back but Bradley Dunn was on crutches last night got hurt before the game or in practice it was before the game so don't know the deal is there yet but that's I think you came out of last night pretty okay as far as new injuries go uh the one scare was Kilgore and Keenan Nelson you have to check on but I think other than that you're in pretty okay shape compared to where you were before the game
1: uh also just a really quick note I saw stats of war follow on Twitter just posted the SEC QBRs for week two Spencer Rattler number one as you might expect um Jaden Daniels from LSU number two. Then you got Will Rogers, Connor Wegman down. Uh, And then some guys that, you know, obviously got picked ahead of Rattler at the beginning of the season. Uh, Jackson Dart down in the middle. KJ Jefferson down in the middle. uh, Joe Milton down near the bottom. Devin Neary down near the bottom. Um, Through two weeks at least. And obviously the level of competition is about to take a big step up. Um, Spencer Rattler has definitely looked like one of, if not the best quarterback in the SEC thus far.
0: Yeah, no no way around it. He looks great. He's validating everything we kind of thought about it before the season. And no turnovers is the thing for me. I mean, at this point last year, what, did he already have? Three picks, four picks? Yeah, I mean, at least I feel like he might have thrown Two against Georgia team. State and I think one against Arkansas. Yeah. Um.
1: Anyway, three let's win. get back to those five questions and then – The last question is what I think we'll spend a little bit of time on here. So uh, second to last question, can you contain the quarterback? Um, Tyler Huff did have a couple of moments where he escaped the pocket, um, made something happen with his legs. But overall, you leave him uh, at eight eight rush attempts for 15 yards. Um, You finish the game with three sacks. Sorry, could you Um, say that again? Are you talking to me. Um, You finish the game with three sacks. Uh, against Tyler Hupp, your first sack of the season um obviously and uh force him into an interception and a below 60 percent completion percentage how are you
0: feeling on continuing the qb i think you feel better about it. i think you i think like i said i thought brian thomas jr played well last night he was kind of the him and strong weird third down obvious passing situation the eyes strong got a sack last night by the way it's A year to the day, or, yeah, a year to the day, minus one from his ACL tear. That had to feel really good for him. You got some interior pressure, too, honestly, which you didn't see at all last week. But TJ Sanders got through a couple times. Um, Obviously, Xavier McLeod had the pick. Um, Boogie Tonka. I think you, again, FCS offensive line, I think you feel better about options there. And you just have to kind of live with the fact that some weeks it's probably not going to look great.
2: I don't think that should be the main thing at this point that, like, focus all of our time on, especially just because of the fact that we did play Furman and their O-line isn't going to be the same as Georgia next week. So I don't expect that um, we would be able to get to the quarterback as much that as we would, like, this past game or against Georgia State or another team of the likes.
1: You're definitely going to have to be creative with your blitz pass packages next week, I think, um, and hope that you can kind of confuse uh, George. This entire
0: season
2: is all about creativity. <laughs>
0: it's, And we'll get into it way more between now and next Saturday. I actually think if you can send the house and Carson back, you might be able to make some things happen next week.
1: He, he struggled a little bit early mm-hmm. uh, this, this past week against Ball State. But, yeah, obviously we'll talk a lot more about the game uh, throughout the week this week. Um, I think – I give the pass rush a B-minus, I guess, uh, for for the game. Um, I do think that that moment that we've already uh, talked about with uh, Boogie Huntley kind of getting in everyone's face uh, did sort of shift things, but even Shane Beamer said kind of early in the game he was expecting more, um, as far as the pressure went, and was kind I of. mean supported. you got no pressure in the first quarter, it, like at all. Yeah.
0: That's something Shane. I, I asked Shane about that post game. He said, "Yeah, you got no push, no pressure at all until, yeah. until it happened." And look, this doesn't mean you have to, you know, have five sacks a game. That's a not realistic. It b doesn't. That's not what you need. You just need pressure. You need to make quarterback feel you're there. Hurries. There was one. Um, I think it was tj sanders in the second quarter where he didn't get the sack but he forced tough out of the pocket on a third down and he had to throw the ball that's as good as a sack He forced a punt with that like that's the same thing um you seem to have your presence there as much as actually finishing plays with sacks i think
2: i think that he was because i saw him like literally hands hands in his head crouched on the sidelines like he was very frustrated at that he did point, miss that but. sack,
0: but you got them you got the field
2: i think that he also coming from a coaching perspective and just looking at our season like this is one of the very few opportunities that we get as a team throughout our entire game schedule to like work out kinks and use it to our advantage and I mean last week it's not the same team but a lot of these veterans were making these mistakes so this time around we didn't see as many of those mistakes but it wasn't up to the expectation. Like They weren't utilizing it to their full advantage, I guess. experimental
0: game was the term Spencer Rattler used post-game.
1: Yeah, um, and I guess on that point, this is probably still the biggest burning question uh, as we head into SEC play. Um, is the O-line fixed? And obviously not fixed in the sense of like now it's perfect, but we talked about last week, they just need to get to a point where it's average. You can't give up nine sacks a game. Uh, You can't have a negative two uh, yard rushing night. Um, I guess I'll start there. And then I want to talk a little bit about an alignment that we saw in the second quarter um, and whether or not perhaps that's your best alignment, even if you're giving up something there. But uh, what do we think about where the line sits after two games?
0: I think you feel better than you did last week, just because your quarterback didn't get sacked nine times. Um, Protection was better. You saw some different guys get in there. It just looked cleaner. Penalties still a pretty big problem. I mean, if you got a hold to keep your quarterback clean against Furman, what are you really going to look like next week? I would just say on that point, like this is going to be, and I think this is where you're going with it next. But this is going to be a process. There's going to be weeks where it looks more like last week than last night. You're just going to have to live with that. You're going to have to have tight ends blocking. You're going to need running backs chipping. Um, you're that's just what it's gonna to have to be for a little bit here. You do feel better about it, but I don't think, I don't think you're fixed, no.
2: I agree. Yeah. I mean, we have such a small, like all these new kids are, they're not as big and, you know, rookie wise. And um, it's all just a learning experience yeah. for them. And it just is going to come with time, and they're going to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Most football players, I would assume, do, and it's all through their mistakes that they'll make on the field, take back, and, you know, improve upon. So we just think, have to wait and see.
0: Which I think is what Caleb's getting to next.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. so like I mentioned, six um, penalties last night, all on the offensive line. You had three false starts, three holdings. I think you're going to have to take your licks. But my question is, after watching last night, I'm going to have to re-watch it, see uh, how everyone would have grade out, look at the PFF grades, which we'll hopefully have later this week um, or in a day or two. But And double-check me, Alan, that this is the alignment that I saw. But I believe at, w- at one point in the second quarter, you had uh, freshman Trey Babalade at left tackle. Yep. You had Nick Garjulo at left guard beside him. Yep. You had Bershawn Lee at center. Mm-hmm. You had freshman Trovon Ball at right guard, and then you had moved uh, Jukai Moore out yep. to right tackle. That's I think that might be your best alignment from a talent perspective. Uh, but like Pauline just mentioned, those two freshmen are not uh, quite physically ready. I don't think for uh, you know a hundred snap, a uh, hundred snaps against the SEC D line um how much of it do you think do you just take your licks with that and also do you even agree that that's your your best alignment right now
0: i do personally Paul might have a different i think that's the best you looked last night
2: i i mean so far this is the best we've looked and i think the whole coverage of like having the tight ends protected and not moving around as much i think has also helped spencer He's struggled in the past with uh, being able to make these split-second game decisions that, you know, if the play doesn't work out as he thought, more often than not, he'll start, like, you'll see the wheels turning in his head, like, what I'm, what am I supposed to do? But it'll take too long for him to actually, like, find somebody else on the field. With less distractions out on the field, I feel like he was able to... I don't know. I feel like that helped. That was one of the things that I noticed at least like setup wise.
0: Yeah. Not having defenders in your face. My question. Okay. Like I, I do think from a talent perspective, yes. Like I don't think you can watch what you watched last night and say that Tosin Babalade is not as good of a left tackle or better already than Jackson Hughes or Sidney Fugar. Do you want Tosin Babalade protecting Spencer Rattler's blind side in front of ninety two thousand people? It's the best D line in the country next week. <laughs> uh,
1: but do you want one of those other guys to? That's the. Uh,
0: I mean, that's that's what. It's, <laughs> um, that's the. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you have to put someone there, right? Um, yeah, I think what you guys both just mentioned too about the max protect. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, tight end help in the in the pass block blocking game. Uh, next week and probably going forward for a bit. Um, I do think the emergence of Xavier Leggett uh, makes you feel pretty good about that. I do think if you can get um, Juice Wells back to 100%, you have both those guys um, as options on the outside. That makes you feel a little bit better. Um, you're still, yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate because I do think Josh Simon and Trey Knox are, are mismatched um nightmares for a lot of opposing linebackers uh, and perhaps could play a big role in the passing game if you didn't keep them in there to block. Um, but I think at this point, other than you know a play here or there where you try to sneak them out, um, that's going to have to be their role for, for a while.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. And I guess to go back to your question, yes, that's your best alignment. I think it's just one of those things – Coaching staff, I know, knows this. Fans have to accept it. If you're going to do that, if you're going to go with two true freshmen on your offensive line, okay, you're just going to have to live with some penalties. They're going to get beat a couple times. It's miscommunication. like That's just going to happen. And If you're okay with that, if you develop that, that's you still, you still think they give you a better chance against SEC defenses, that's fine. But it, it's not going to look like last night if you do that but I still think it's going to look
1: better. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other notes that you wanted to mention on this game? I did want to talk a little bit about of, of some of what went, went on around the country and around the SEC as well.
2: My last little note is on uh, Luke Doty playing like eight different positions, but <laughs> <you> play... <laughs> he clearly is a tool for us and being put in at – Wide, re- or
0: wide receiver, wide quarterback, he yeah, okay. was on kick, uh, punt pressure, I think he might have been on kick return. Basically too. every That's single play. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, it sort of felt like. Yeah,
2: it. but it's crazy how, on the flip of a switch, he's doing another job, like...
0: Someone post game was like, Hey, you know, you you realize in your career now you've scored passing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown. You got all of them. Not
2: many players and then someone else, was <laughs> like, hey, players. you know,
0: you could you could play defense, try to get a pick six. He's like, No. <laughs> um,
1: for what it's worth, I thought Doty looked pretty good in the one series. He got a quarterback as well. Um mm-hmm. so penalties. Two kinda, penalties that's, yeah. Yeah. Killed that drive. Um but and I, I know it's a little too early to have this conversation. But assuming Rattler continues to have the season that he's having right now, he's probably <laughs> um, off to the NFL or, or whatever after this season. Um, I think Luke Doty very much felt like the heir apparent. Um, but after seeing Lenora Sellers in action in the spring game and last <laughs> night, it definitely, I mean, again, it's too early to talk about this, but it, it definitely feels like that's not um, necessarily a given. But, that might not be a bad thing if, if Doty continues to lean into the wide receiver thing and develop yeah. there. Um, I think there's space for both of them. Like Shane Beamer said, Doty is a, a lead athlete uh, yeah. that you have to get on the field. Yes. Um, so it, it's just going to be interesting to see that going forward. But it, I think Lenora Sellers, in his very, very early career, is making a case that it's going to be tough to keep him off the field next season.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's about all I had on last night's game. We'll have more on the website. I'll have my stats thing tomorrow, and we'll start looking ahead to Georgia. Talking about what happened so, to Alabama. Yeah, I know.
1: I know you guys were at the stadium uh, during some of these games. I actually got to watch a decent amount of of some of them before South Carolina started. Obviously, uh, most of the Bama game was going on simultaneously. Um, looking around the country, Bama gets beat by Texas. That's probably the biggest headline. Although uh, Colorado might be good. We can
2: talk about that in a second, too. Um, Miami.
0: But, uh, Miami, yeah, blown that, out, Texas. Yeah. I watched some of that before the game started. South Carolina game started.
2: NC so, State was super close. I really wanted them to play. Three I quarters, they yeah. Were they
1: were. Do we think this is a reflection on this being the end of the Saban era? Also, real quick Gamecock note. Um, well, two Gamecock notes. Allen has one, too. But uh, Daniel Hill uh, was at that game. And, and in fact, a bunch of recruits <laughs> were at that game. Um, so, you know. Maybe that helps you a little bit uh, that uh, Bama lost one of their first local angle, right? <laughs> um, wh- wh- you said that, that that was their worst home loss since
0: South Carolina, right? That well, is right the largest Alabama home loss since 2004 when a Lou Holt, South Carolina, was Savelle Newton, a quarterback, beat them by 17 there. Uh, that's, that's I think that's a Dennis Franchione coached Alabama team, which kind of tells what you need to know, but still – so yeah, is this maybe a reflection her, on
1: Nick Saban era's the Nick Saban era ending or is this the Steve
0: Sarkeesian era beginning at Texas? Ah uh, no, I, I don't wanna Ooh. do the Bama's Dead thing. I don't wanna do that. Um
2: I agree, but also like there are so many of these new schools that are just like TC last year. Like out of nowhere just decided to become like a like very valid uh program and ended up going all the way to the fourth or the semi of yeah yeah
1: years yeah. I mean, um, and texas has been recruiting a lot better than tcu over the past three years so here's what i would I say on alabama out of, oh
2: go ahead no i was just going to say getting out of um no, never mind. I was just gonna say uh, the conference realignments of everything is definitely shifting their um, competition and who they are ultimately like having to play in the first place. So, and it's also isn't it their last.
1: But this season? is their best shot to to now. Year, yeah. they, I mean, they're definitely they're definitely set up with the easiest schedule they're gonna have for a while, and they got past the That's hardest game part of
0: it. Yeah. yeah uh no, I don't think Alabama's dead. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that um this is the and notice record Jalen Miller I still think he's pretty good but this is the worst Alabama's quarterback situation has been in almost a decade like you don't have an NFL starter or a quarterback Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Jalen hurts you don't have one of those guys there and I think you're just true. That drop off alone is enough to take you from here, from a, a dash with like a contender to being like a ten and two, nine and three team. I think, that, especially, that might... yeah, in today's environment yeah, too. I think, for sure. like, because it seems like Bama
1: is trying to do the bully ball sort of thing that they did, uh, you know, prior to all those quarterbacks that you were talking about, and it, it worked a lot anymore. better before. I agree. I, you have to score points, um, especially you're playing against a pretty good quarterback Quinn Ewers, who had a really nice game today last. Last night, I don't know if you guys caught the highlights, but had at least some, yeah. two or three elite throws uh, that kind of put them
0: up to the top there. I wanted to get into some of the rest of the SEC East here, because yeah. nobody looked that good yesterday. Um are uh, kind of I'm not living up to our AC, standards. ACC splits are not looking great. Lately. So Georgia takes care of Ball state, obviously. They're still the best team in the country. Uh, Tennessee... In a 10-point game in the fourth quarter against a not very good FCS, Austin P. win by 17, get a late score there. Kentucky down in the second half to a three-win FCS team, Eastern Kentucky, hit they won by 10. Missouri beats Middle Tennessee State by four, 23 to 23-19. Uh, Florida beats McNeese State. Okay, fine. I still think they're very good. You saw Utah struggle yesterday too. Um Vanderbilt, which you don't know if they're great, but they, started to, you know, they go on the road and lose by 16 yesterday. Is the East just bad? Not in Georgia? We,
1: we talked a little bit preseason about whether or not it was fair to just automatically annoy Joe Milton III as you know, uh, there's going to be no drop-off or whatever. Well, through two games, there's been a little bit of a drop-off. Um, yeah. Yesterday, he had a QBR of 36.3. Um, not... I <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously, Georgia's Georgia. They scored thirty-one points in the second quarter after uh, going into that second quarter tied. Um, they're they're good. The you know. Not
0: the this is a SEC driver, East, yeah. not named Georgia question.
1: But but yeah, a- everyone else, I mean, I definitely think if you're South Carolina, you are disappointed at how Week One went, but you don't feel like many of your goals. Uh, for the season are necessarily gone at this point um, when you look yeah. around at how not even just the East, but the SEC in general um, outside of Georgia um, and Georgia. Uh, is I mean, <laughs> two, uh,
0: Your two crossover opponents from the West, uh, A&M, who Pauline mentioned, gave up almost 50 points at Miami yesterday, and Mississippi State, who uh, had a 14-point lead, Lost it. Ended up still winning in overtime against Arizona. But they forced four turnovers and still needed overtime to win yesterday at home against Arizona. Yeah. That's your next you, game. I know you mentioned
1: it. Missouri wins by four points against yep. a really bad Middle Tennessee State team. Uh, Vanderbilt gets beat by Wick Forest. Yeah, I think you're starting to feel more uh, confident about the schedule. I mean, how are you feeling about that? Uh, road game at Tennessee it felt like it was almost on par with the road game at Georgia and now it feels like a little there's definitely a difficulty step down um at least the way that everyone's played through two weeks
0: uh I still wouldn't pick you to win it but I don't no. think it's impossible uh I'm interested next we'll get into next week next week but Tennessee at Florida next week that's going to be Tennessee Ooh, happy, needing you know. an answer Florida needing a pulse um <laughs> in the swamp it's a night game like that's a very interesting like just test for joe milton more than anything and also can florida show literally anything
2: i definitely think it'll solidify their uh their spot as well we haven't even yeah
0: we haven't mentioned lsu which take care of crambling yesterday but they got blown out by florida state since we last we we didn't talk about (laughs) that last week um and they go on the road to mississippi state next week Interesting game there, too.
2: I don't know if Shane Beamer is uh, rolling in his grave right now about Jaheim Bell, but he has been popping off at Florida. I don't think I'm just
0: upset about it, but uh, yeah, I mean, Jaheim Bell and Marshawn Lloyd both off to pretty good starts this year. It helps that you brought in uh, two tight ends
1: that are are pretty good, but um, let's say. Jaheim Bell is finally getting utilized in a way that the previous offensive coordinator we, uh, struggled with. You mentioned Colorado. Should we get into the previous offensive coordinator? Yeah, speaking of the previous offensive coordinator, um, how about Nebraska scoring a total of 24 points through two weeks? Um, and Zero first half points. Started, yeah, it's it's not looking too good. Um, and, yeah, I, I started off, I guess, the section with is Colorado good? Um i still don't I know so. <laughs> barely have that answer but they aren't bad uh, they're better
0: than i thought they would be yeah. i still think the media coverage and the hype a little bit too much like there are a six or seven win pac-12 team probably can we just chill for a second you like i don't need college can. game day there next week i know i get the dion thing but you don't think the expectations should be adjusted a little bit you're
1: still picking six or seven wins i i did adjust it i had it at like four before the year <laughs> See, I'm thinking more like eight or nine wins at this point.
0: Are you okay? I mean, here's the thing: they're going to play Colorado State next week. It's a bad Mountain West. They're going to win that. You've got Oregon and USC back-to-back weeks. and we'll find so out whatever. a lot yeah. there.
2: Yeah. See, but this is where this is where I think about the Oregon game because we mentioned we were talking about this earlier. But Oregon's very similar of a team to Colorado in the sense that, like, the they've always been. A football team, a football school, but oh, they. Shaky had, yesterday, uh, by the way, on Oregon. What would you say? Uh,
0: said shaky yesterday, by the way, which I think yeah, what you're getting but at. That's, yeah, I, I think it is. It's
2: but, really luck of the draw. I think. I think because they're both very maybe I the media means, hype will even help.
1: I think that game's <laughs> in
0: Eugene, but it, it is. And then USC comes to
1: Colorado. Um, but if you asked me two weeks ago, I'd say Colorado's getting blown out in both of those, and now I feel like it's at least possible they win one of those. Um, just based on how everything's played out in the first two weeks, but obviously we'll see. Oregon um, has a much better defense than anything Colorado's seen thus far. USC is going to be able to keep up with them offensively, uh, no doubt. Uh, Are put, we getting another
0: Heisman to Caleb Williams? Holy smokes.
1: Yeah, what did they put on Stanford last night? 49-3 I, I at halftime, and then they just everybody, yeah. but yeah. Holy yeah. Smokes. Um, I, it was fun to watch the in-game uh, betting or whatever after the first quarter. I think they were up thirty-five uh, nothing five minutes into the second quarter, and it was, the line uh, in-game went to negative fifty-six or something like that. Uh, um, speaking of uh, betting, though, what does Vegas know? Uh, that that stuff is crazy sometimes. So you mentioned Oregon struggling at Texas Tech. Um, a covered line man. barely. It was a backdoor credit thing covered on a pick six um, as okay. Texas Tech was trying to go down the field and win the game because um, Oregon had a one-point lead. And then Utah and um, Arizona State. Is that who that was? Utah so Baylor. Were, same, I watched that game. Georgia, Nelson, yeah.
0: That was a uh,
2: crazy game. I liked that game. This Utah made a
0: quarterback change in the fourth quarter, and if they don't do that, they probably don't win. Yeah, but again, that's. Imagine a-
2: playing on a 134 degree field. That's what they literally, that was the stat.
1: I saw that. Oh, in Texas. Yeah, the I coach's shoes were melting. Um, but yeah, if you go back and listen to our preview um, from Thursday, those were two games that I was like, I am taking the line here, but I feel like a sucker for taking the line because there's got to be something fishy going on. And, um, you know, Vegas is good at what they do. That's why they, yeah, yeah, they have all those <laughs> casinos out there. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> any other games you wanted to talk about from a national perspective? I thought Ole Miss Tulane was pretty interesting. I watched well, a decent chunk of that, yeah. Kind of pulled away on that one. Uh, we mentioned Miami, Texas AM. I should throw Panthers an Ole Miss
0: here. caveat, <laughs> by the way, on yeah. my SEC is not good. That's a quality win. You go on the road against Tulane, you beat them by 17. I know it was – it was closer than that because they, they got to pick six late, too, to make that look – but that's, that's Ole, a good that way. That was, was one of the play.
2: games, though, that was like – it was not enjoyable to watch, but it was definitely – there was stuff like – it wasn't a slow-moving It was game, entertaining. It was I watched uh,
0: most of that second half well, like during warm-ups at Willie B on my computer. That was – Ole Miss is good. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll throw another SEC team in there. Ole Miss is defense, actually. Georgia,
2: do, which is, Ole Miss, <laughs> number <been>. two. <laughs>
1: Maybe, um, honestly. Honestly, uh, yeah, but maybe. But yeah, so Texas A&M gets beat by Miami, 48-33. to 33. Uh, Game felt closer than that for a lot of it, but then um, who's Miami's quarterback. Tyler uh, Van Dyke. Yeah, he really just kind of went off in the second half, threw five total touchdown passes. and uh,
2: I feel like that was the common theme of the games this week, was it was all too close until the second half, until somebody decided. I'm yeah, looking at the box the now. Room. Tex AM's allegedly,
1: game. you know, several million dollar defensive line uh, did not get any pressure
0: on Tyler <sighs> Van
2: Dyke. Paying all this money for nothing.
0: By the way, special teams issues too for AM. I see Miami ran a kickback for a touchdown. Um, Which is something that we saw in South Carolina's game. Of the yep, season. yep, sure did. I, sure I was going to say, yeah. Um, if I remember Tyler coaching. Van Dyke with two touchdown passes over 50 yards yesterday. AM with a double digit lead early, and then that didn't stick. I'm actually like learning some of this in real time because I only watched a little bit of this game. Yeah. Um, no, I think when you're
1: looking at South Carolina's schedule now, um, once you get past that Tennessee game, things start to look a lot more manageable, but that is still very much assuming that you can get the offensive line to. Average level, uh, which is- I still
0: think you need one more win between now and then. You can't go to that by one and four. You got to find a way to squeak out one more, get there at two and three.
2: We're going to be taking like one step forward and two steps back this weekend because of the fact that, you know, we had a great kind of putting ourselves together, not average, but better than last week. And then we're going to be faced against these massive players that cannot even. Compared to ours. So I just feel like. Next week's going to be what it's going to be.
0: Like you just got to. Next week's going to be what it's going to be. That doesn't end your season. doesn't end your goals. Like as long as you, you know don't. Our
2: kids run over.
0: I'm not. I'm not a, ball, a, that's your, yeah, the injury thing. Is the, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not a fan of moral
0: victories,
1: saying. but uh, I think that there's some room for moral victories. This coming week. I mean, not even that.
0: Like, I'm right. not saying you should be happy if you lose the football game next week, but like. You don't. I don't think anybody's saying you're going to go to Athens and win. I don't think, anybody I don't think anybody's saying you're going to go 11-1 or 12-0 and 0 this year. Like, yeah, you're going to lose some games this year. You're going you're gonna to take some lumps. Um, if you get out of next week with no injuries and, like, you just – I don't know. I Next week's going to be what it's going to be, and that's just – you're going to have to live with that. Mississippi, I'm definitely
2: nervous and Mississippi State is
0: the target now for what I think is a crucial game for your goals this season. All right, we will talk more about the
1: Georgia game on Thursday and throughout the week on Um, Until then, uh, this has been Caleb, Pauline, and Alan with com podcast. We'll see you.